The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath, in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Good evening. It's a great joy to be with you all this evening. My name is Father Sean Kilcauley, and I am a priest of the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska, where I serve as the Director of the Office for Family Life. And I'm down here in Orlando for three days, um, mostly to avoid the 10 below weather that we have. Um, no, really, I came down because I was invited by your chapter of the Catholic Medical Association to give several talks on um, parenting in the internet age. Um, it's a ministry I kind of fell into, or Jesus just put me there, um, properly speaking, about five years ago. And, uh, and since then, I also work with a nonprofit called Integrity Restored, where our mission is to provide education, training, and resources to the church, right, to help the church proclaim the gospel in the midst of this kind of hyper-sexualized culture that we live in. And, uh, and so I'm very grateful for the invitation to be here and also the invitation to celebrate Mass with you all. And as you know, or maybe don't know because of advertising limitations, I am giving a presentation following Mass in the parish hall. Um, 
So one of the themes that comes out of the readings today is the necessity of wonder. And um, I'll introduce myself a little bit more, and, uh, and I want to reflect on that a bit. So, like I said, I'm the director of the Office for Family Life, and um, kind of my own vocation story, the family that I came in from, the family that I grew up in, was a non-traditional kind of a family. My dad grew up in Ireland. He's an Irish immigrant. So dad grew up in Ireland. He got married when he was about 19, had three children. My sister Donna, who's the oldest, was born in England and then raised by her Italian grandmother in Ireland. And now she's married to an Italian who runs some Irish pubs in Rome. And my sister Jacqueline was born in Ireland, and then my brother Mark was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So dad moved to the United States when he was about 22, and after Mark was born, um, about two years later, he abandoned that family, divorced his wife, never really had a relationship with his children, moved around the country, ended up in Michigan. My mother grew up in Michigan. When she was in high school, she fell in love and got married and had two sons, my brothers James and John. And when John was about four years old, they got divorced. So dad made it to Michigan, met my mom. Yes, I was born. And then two weeks short of my second birthday, my mother died of cervical cancer. So within about a year, my dad married my stepmom. And they had two daughters and a son. My sister Sarah, my sister Katie, and my brother Kevin. And then when I was a sophomore in college, they also got divorced. So that's how I became the family life office director. (laughs) All right, but that's the family our Lord called me out of. It's the family I grew up in. It's the family that I learned to pray in. And, And I would find myself as a child praying Psalm 139 before I knew about Psalm 139, which says, Lord, I praise you for the wonder of my being. I praise you for I'm wonderfully made. I am wonderfully made is an expression of awe. It's an expression of awe. It's sort of an expression that says, there's no explanation for my existence other than God really wanted it. Right? Our Lord had to take my dad across an ocean through all these circumstances to get him to my mom and put their DNA together just in time before my mom died. And so if our Lord went through all that trouble to make me, he must have had a reason. And when I reflect back on what that did for me is, it really gave me this sense that our Lord definitely wants me to exist. Our Lord definitely wants me to exist. In the first reading from the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. That Jeremiah has this sense, and the Lord tells him that I formed you before, right, as I knit you together in your mother's womb, I knew you. Therefore, it's good that you exist. And then he goes on to tell him about his life. He says, Gird your loins, stand up and tell them all that I command you. Be not crushed on their account, because it's going to be really hard. 
And Jeremiah goes on and he prophesies, and he is crushed by the people. Criticized, run out of time. Persecuted. But what gets him through that time of persecution is this reality that he knows that the Lord knew him from the very beginning of his existence. Now, Jesus, when he goes to his own native place and He's been in Capernaum. He's been doing all of these miracles. You know, he had 33 years of kind of a quiet life. And then the wedding feast of Cana happens and he starts to do miracles and people start to come and they're looking for healing and everybody's talking about him. And then he goes back to the place where people know him. And perhaps even in his humanity, he was expecting to go back to this place where people knew him and they would be very accepting of him and maybe even proud of him and looking forward to greeting him. But when he goes back to his native place, he finds rejection. He says no prophet is accepted in his own native place. And he's unable to do the same kind of signs and wonders in his own native place because the people have too much familiarity. They sort of already know who he is. And because they assume they already know who he is, like, I know you, you're the son of Joseph. One time in third grade, you looked at me funny and I haven't forgiven you yet. They're not open to what our Lord is doing. But our Lord himself, every persecution that our Lord endures, he's able to endure it because he knows who he is. And in Jesus' own life, he's constantly filled with that gift of wonder. That gift of knowing that he belongs to the Father. knowing that he belongs to the Father. And in the second reading from St. Paul, we also have this same kind of a dynamic because he speaks about how like nothing is possible without love. If I speak in human and angelic tones, but do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. That everything St. Paul does has to come from, first and foremost, that place of love. And he's really talking about the love that he's received from the Lord. That moment of mercy in which the Lord said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That moment when he realized that he was chosen, despite the fact that he was the greatest persecutor of the church, And if what he does isn't fueled by that love, it's worthless. (laughs) 
And so, too, in our own lives, we all find ourselves in the midst of some kind of struggle or some kind of persecution or some kind of pain in our lives. It might be the persecution that we have at family gatherings when there are people who have left the church and they're there criticizing the church. It might be the persecution that we have at the office when the latest sort of newspaper story comes out about scandals and people start criticizing the church. It might be the persecution that we have simply the frustrations that we can have. It might be our children who have left the church. And what is it that carries us through in those times or in those trials? And it has to be that sense of wonder about what our Lord has done in our lives that carries us through every single difficulty that we encounter. The only path through those things is when we know who we are. When we realize that our Lord has chosen us. When we we remember the times in our life when our Lord definitely showed up. Those are the things that carry us through times of difficulty. You know, I was a seminarian in 2004, which was the first time the kind of priest scandal showed up. And I remember getting a lot of phone calls and even hearing from family members who had had difficult encounters with clergy. And I remember asking myself the question, like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to be a priest? Do I even really want to be Catholic? And what I found myself going back to was, I know that there was a time in my life when I knew that God made me for a reason. Right? Our Lord didn't go through all that trouble to make me for no reason. And I have to go back there and cling to that, that sense of wonder. And it's specifically like that sense of wonder you know, and many other moments of conversion that allowed me to persevere in those difficult times. And so every single day of our lives, we have to nurture that sense of wonder, that sense of what our Lord has done in our lives, that sense that our Lord has chosen us. It's how we grow in love. It's how we grow in holiness. Because the biggest temptation that we can have is that our spiritual life just becomes like normal. No, I get up, brush my teeth, gotta make it to mass. We'll go to the four o'clock mass, we get it out of the way get on with our day. It just becomes normal. And then even we end up like those same people that greet Jesus in today's gospel and he does an amazing thing and we kind of miss it because we forgot to look for him. 
and our kind of our wonder index gets eroded as things become more normal. That's why going on retreats, doing extra spiritual reading, finding a good podcast, having some priest from Nebraska show up, like these are all things that can help to like pull us out of normal and hopefully excite that sense of wonder in our own hearts, that sense of being loved in our own hearts that enriches everything that we do. Because the world needs saints right now. And the world needs to be reminded of the amazing things that our Lord has done for us. And it's our mission as Catholic Christians to remind the world of who Jesus is. Because that also points to who we are. So if you want to hear how the rest of my wonder story resolves, you have to show up at the top. But today let us pray that that our hearts be open to whatever our Lord wants to do in our lives right now. We thank the Lord in gratitude for the ways in which he's revealed to us that we've been chosen by him. That he has held us. in his divine mind since before we were knit together in our mother's womb. Let us ask for the grace to recognize him when he shows up in our lives each day. And the grace to be moved by his love, to glorify him in every thought, word, and work of our lives.